Kumite Radio is brought to you by Supplement Warfare. Visit their website, supplementwarfare.com.au for the best quality supplements on the planet. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off of all orders. If you're trying to get sexy for the summer, if you're just trying to flex on fools, visit supplementwarfare.com.au for the best supplements in the world. Use coupon code Kumite Radio at checkout to get 10% off and support the podcast. Join me right now on Kumite Radio is Mike Radich, the creator and writer of Cage Fighters from the Rock. What's going on, Mike? Hey, John. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. No doubt, man. Uh, this, uh, this is very interesting what you're doing. I know it's not the first time someone's doing this, but you said you're the best at it. So we're going to have you on the show and uh, talk about what's going on. Right. We're, we're not the first, but we're the best. And we're not here to take part. We're here to take over. We're here to take over MMA. We're here to take over comic books. We're really looking for global domination. That's what our goal is. Now, let's start off with the inspiration behind this 12-issue full-color comic book series that you're creating. Okay, so it happened, I want to say, around 2013 and 2014. IDW, which is a comic book company in the United States, they put out a Rampage Jackson comic book series. It was called Rampage Jackson Street Soldier. Now, I've been a fan of MMA for many, many years. I started watching MMA back in 2003 when I was 10, and the first ever MMA event I had ever saw first time I ever heard of MMA, I watched Pride 25 Body Blow. And that, of course, was the night that Quentin Rampage Jackson became the number one contender for the Pride middleweight title when he knocked out the late, great Kevin Randleman. And that was the same night where Vandaway Silva was sitting in the front row. Rampage gets the mic like they did in Pride all those years. There wouldn't be like a Joe Rogan or anyone in the uh, cage or ring interviewing these guys, they would just give them the mic and Rampage grabs the mic and says, hey, points to Vandaway Silva, hey, you're next, boy. It's going to be me and you. You got my belt. Vandaway Silva runs into the ring, jumps over the ropes, comes in there and says, no, 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 no my belt, and, and shoves Rampage and that started their rivalry. So I'm like, this is great. I love this sport. This is fantastic. I don't know what I'm watching, but I know that I love it. So I've been a fan of MMA ever since. And now this was a great way to mesh two of my loves because I love MMA, but I also love comic books. And now my two worlds are colliding because IDW is going to be putting out this Rampage Jackson comic book. And I'm a huge fan of Rampage. I've covered the sport for many, many years myself, the past nine years to be exact. I've interviewed Rampage. One of the first guys ever interviewed was Rampage at UFC 123 when they came to my area because I'm from Michigan here in the United States. And I thought, okay, this is perfect for me. I'm able to blend my two loves together. I have some leverage because I know the guy. I've interviewed the guy before. This is a no brainer. They're obviously going to give me the job. Of course I was wrong. They went in a different direction and didn't give me that gig but that's what really started this whole thing. I had ideas for this Quentin Rampage Jackson comic book, but then I had to shelve those ideas when they didn't give me the gig. But then I thought to myself, well, if I had all these ideas for this series, there has to be more in me. What can I come up with? And what I came up with is this 12-chapter comic book series that we're talking about today, 
called Cage Fighters from the Rock. But it all started because I didn't get that Rampage Jackson Street Soldier gig. That's a that's a crazy story. Now I want to go back to that uh, Pride, the first mm-hmm. Pride that you watched, and okay. you mentioned that Rampage after he won, he got the mic, and there was no, you know, in cage interviewer like Joe Rogan. Right. Do you do you think that that's that's good? I think that's kind of a good idea to have not to have somebody and just let the fighter just say whatever he wants. Don't you think so? I love that thing about Pride. Dream also adopted that, and I was watching. I've been binge watching for some reason. I don't know why, but I've been binge watching all of Jason Mayhem Miller's fights because he was recently arrested, and I've just fall re fallen in love with that guy. I think that guy's amazing. I'm so sad that all this has happened. He's another guy that I interviewed many many years ago, and he's a really nice guy. I actually interviewed him twice. We only recorded it once. He met me like Ryan Parsons, who was his manager at the time, wanted me to to meet him. And he just gave the phone over to Mayhem and was like, hey, talk to him. And I'm like, all right, sweet. And he was just a normal guy. He didn't do all the yelling and all that kind of stuff. He was just a regular guy. And then when we did the interview, he was Mayhem. But now it's kind of all blended together, and that's who he is. But he used to speak Japanese to the audience, which I always thought was cool. Because if it was a a fighter that didn't speak Japanese, they would always have the translator somewhere in the audience. So I really love that whole thing about Pride, how they just would give the mic to the guys and let them run with it. It was it was much more of a show in Pride. Now the UFC and some of these other organizations, they're trying, I mean, they're they're not doing a great job, obviously, with some of the moves they're making, but they're trying to become more of a sport. And MMA has always been at its best and will continue to be at its best when it's promoted as entertainment. I got an opportunity to hang out with Mayhem Miller a few oh years ago in Bangkok. Oh my God! And he was out there for stories. a local show, Don't. Full Metal Dojo, and uh, he, like you said, he just seems like a regular dude. Like, yeah. We were in the bar, we were getting some drinks. There was a bunch of other fighters there too, and there was no like him puffing his chest up or acting wild. He just seemed normal. It just, I don't, I, you know, from my experience with him, it didn't seem like the guy that was getting arrested, yeah. and it, this was in the midst of all that happening too. So. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a weird thing because, you know, you expect when you see somebody on TV and have right. such a character that, you know, he portrays, you right. expect that to be who he is. But then same thing right. with Bob Sapp. Like when I interviewed Bob Sapp a few years back, I sat down with him for like three hours and right. he's a totally different person. He's actually very intelligent, educated. But when you see mm-hmm. him on TV, he's Bob Sapp, the guy that everybody thinks that throws fights all right. the time, right? Right, right. I love those guys. I love guys like that where you're not sure, is this who they are or is this an act? And Mayhem, I mean, I love Bully Beatdown. I love all that stuff. In our story, we're doing a lot of Easter eggs. And this won't give anything away to anyone, but we're doing a lot of MMA Easter eggs. So in our story, the the fighters wear the Pride-style gloves. So when you see those gloves, if you're a comic book fan, you're like, oh, that's just an MMA glove. But if you're an MMA fan and you see those gloves, you're like, oh, that's Pride. And we also have somebody, he's not like a major character or anything, but he's wearing the Mayhem Miller hair. So we have a little homage to him in there too. The black with the red stripe, we have that in there too because I'm a huge fan of that guy. So we have all these little Easter eggs, but but Mayhem Miller, one of my all-time favorites. I've, I've watched like every episode of Bully Beatdown I could find, and I'm just having a, a little fun walk down memory lane. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's important to 
throw those little, like you said, Easter eggs into the story. Right. So when people are reading it, you know, checking it out, right. they kind of, you know, have to think about like, oh, I've right. seen this. I've seen this somewhere before. You know, right. it's important. Right. It kind of shows that you are a real fan of mixed martial arts when you're right. reading this uh, comic book. Uh, let's mm -hmm. go back to the comic book. Can you kind of delve into the story yeah. of it? Who is the main character? You know, where did, who did you base the main character, you know, off of? Can you talk about okay. that? Okay, so we have two plots. We have our main plot, which is our action-adventure plot, because we have two things going on here. We are doing the perfect blend of action-adventure with MMA. And like I was mentioning, the Mayhem Miller hair and the Pride Gloves, we don't go so far MMA that we alienate the comic book fans and vice versa. We don't go so far action adventure that we alienate the MMA fans. We have a very good mix and we're balancing a lot of flavors in here to make this amazing pie that we have called Cage Fighters from the Rock. So we have two plots, our main plot, which is our action adventure plot. And that's a revenge story about a guy who seven years before our, our before our story starts, he was put away for life and he returns, he breaks out of jail and comes back to get revenge on the guy who sent him to prison. And that guy was a judge seven years ago, but now he's graduated up to becoming the mayor of the city. Now, Brad Cheney, who's our main villain with the aid of plastic surgery, he takes mayor Larkin's place. And now he's the mayor and he's destroying the city because he doesn't want to just kill Larkin. He's got to make him a villain. He's got to make it look like he's the guy in charge of all this stuff. And he has all these different ways to do that, which we explain in the story. So the, the main plot is a revenge story. And now where our cage fighters from the rock come in, those are three world champion MMA fighters and cage fighters from the rock. Our title comes from an insult that Cheney, a.k.a. Larkin, gives to them. He calls them the cage fighters from The Rock. They're cage fighters because they're MMA fighters, and The Rock is the nickname of their gym. They call their gym The Rock, but their gym's actual name is called Rock Street Gym. So cage fighters from The Rock is a derogatory term that our villain uses on them. They don't call themselves from that. They, they don't do that. They just call themselves their own names. He gives us that title and he gives us that name because a lot of people get weird when you call MMA fighters cage fighters. No, 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 it's MMA. So we had to tie that in to go with that name because a lot of people have been asking me, why did you go with cage fighters? That's why I came up with that name because our villain gives it to us. So anyways, that's our main plot. Our main plot is a revenge story and it's also a avenging story because the three cage fighters, how they get involved in this main story is their coach gets murdered and as we go along in the story, you'll find out why their coach got murdered and it all comes full circle. So that's how they get involved in the main plot. Now, our subplot is where most of our MMA stuff comes into play because that's building up a champion versus champion title fight. So Razor Roger Neal, who's one of our three leads, he's the welterweight champion of our fictional MMA promotion called MMAFC. And he's going to be fighting a guy who's the lightweight champion who's coming up from 155 to challenge him to try to be the double champ a la Daniel Cormier and Conor McGregor and also Dan Henderson and David Branch and all these other guys who have had multiple belts in the same promotion. So he's trying to do that. And that's where a lot of our MMA stuff comes into play. But we also do a great job of balancing action adventure with MMA because some of our Easter eggs in the action adventure are MMA Easter eggs. Some of our dialogue is dialogue that you know and love 
from press conferences and post-fight stuff. So we've mixed all this stuff together, and it's the perfect blend. Now, our three leads are the three world champion MMA fighters. So John Kang, he's the leader of the Cage Fighters from the Rock. He's, in our universe, an MMA legend. He has this long win streak. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. He's like the perfect guy. He's the classic cage fighter. He's the classic guy who got into MMA because he loves martial arts, not because he loves being famous and the money and blood and guts and all that kind of stuff. He just loves competing and he just loves martial arts. And this is another step on his martial arts journey is fighting in MMA. And we can name a lot of guys who that, you know, correlates with. Then Rian RJ Jennings, she's second in command. She's the best female fighter on the planet in our universe. And she's someone who represents those fighters that have come from a different sport. So wrestling or kickboxing or boxing or a team sport like soccer or, or football. One of those type of athletes who maybe they accomplished everything they wanted to accomplish in that sport, or maybe they didn't. There's been a lot of wrestlers. Ben Askren, he's a great example, didn't win the gold medal at the Olympics, and now he's in MMA. She represents those type of fighters who still have that competitive fighter fire burning inside of them and they want to fight. So that category she represents. Then we have Razor Roger Neal, who I mentioned earlier. He kind of represents that guy who we all know that, Fighting in the cage for money is just a bonus. They'd be out in the street fighting just for the hell of it, and that's what he represents. He's one of those guys who would just fight for free in an alley somewhere. And between those three, we have a great mix of everything, and they obviously represent other things. But to get to one part of your question, I didn't really base them off anyone exactly. You know, this just kind of came to me because – (laughs) <laughs> of just writing and writing and writing and going over draft after draft. I really didn't base them off any fighters because, again, we have an action-adventure side of things, and I don't know what all these fighters would be doing in an action-adventure setting, so I can't really base them off anyone. And some of the stuff that I came up with in this story, it just happened naturally. I didn't plan for a lot of this stuff. I, I just planned originally for a good versus evil story with some MMA. Now, after writing and writing and rewriting and going over draft after draft, it's developed into what we have right now. And I think everyone who's a fan of MMA is going to love it. Everyone who's not a fan of MMA is going to love it because maybe they're coming to us because they're a comic book fan. And and it's if you're an MMA fan, you don't have to be a comic book fan. Let's say that you've never read a comic book in your life. This is something you'll be interested in because we're doing things differently. We're doing stuff that within MMA hasn't been seen or done before and within comic books hasn't been seen or done before. So we have a great mix. This is a collaborative effort. Could you Mm -hmm. explain the people involved in creating this comic book? My main two collaborators on this project are Martin Kokolo, who's been in comic books for many, many years. He's worked on a character who a lot of you are familiar with called Green Lantern. He did that for DC Comics, The New 52, when that was in production. And this guy is a beast. He knows everything that I want to do. I I think of it in my mind, because I like to call myself an artist that can't draw. So he's the guy who's my my hand he's the guy who can draw what i want to see and he's just amazing i send him all these reference photos and he just goes okay i got it and puts it into play he's the only guy i really only have about 
eight or nine artists that I would work with in comic books. He's one of them, and he's the only guy of them <coughs> who could pull this off. He's absolutely perfect for this job, and he's been around the, the comic book industry forever, so he's just amazing. Then we have Dan Panosian, who's our cover artist, and he's a very fascinating guy because not only is he a legend in the comic book industry, he's also a huge MMA fan, and he's really, really tight with Josh Barnett. They're really good friends. They train together. And uh, Victor Henry, who fought in Pancrase, he also is close with him. So that was kind of a neat little uh, moment to come full circle because when I reached out to him, I just reached out to him because he's a great artist. And then I knew, and then I found out the backstory of how he trains MMA, loves MMA, and is close with some guys who fight in the sport. So those are my two guys that I'm collaborating with closely. We also have other people on the team, but at this stage in the game where we're at with uh, production, those guys will come in later. The letterer, the colorist, all those guys, that's at the end of the process. But my main two guys are Dan Panosian and Martin Kokolo, and they're just fantastic and great people also, which is always good. What is the plan for this 12-issue comic book series? Is it coming out all at once, you know, like a Netflix style? Or are you putting out one, you know, every month? What is the plan with that? Okay, so our plan is one every month. So hopefully, if all goes well, we get funded on Indiegogo. The first issue is going to be out at the absolute latest, August of 2019. It might come out earlier depending on what the publisher wants. It might be June of 2019. Then that means the second issue would be in July or September, depending on when we start. And then it'll be monthly after that. That's the traditional comic book schedule, and that's the schedule we're keeping. So to collect all 12 issues, it will be over the course of 12 months. How fun is it to be able to do what you love, man? Like put, combining two of the things that you enjoy the most and putting it into something and being able to share it with the world. It feels amazing. It really does. Like, I can't really put into words what I'm feeling right now. Like, I, I feel 10 feet tall. I just really feel great. And the people who backed our project so far, I just am, you know, very appreciative of what they've done and, and helping us create this. Because the guys I'm working with, you know, these guys are in high demand. They're turning down jobs left and right for characters that you've probably seen either in comics or movies or video games or on TV, whatever, they're turning down jobs left and right because they love this story so much. Now we just have to get the public to love the story as much as those guys do. And these guys, I didn't have to sell them. You know, they're legends of the industry. They're big names. But I just tell them the story and they come running. Now that's what we have to do on the flip side. We have to tell the public about the story and then have them come running and and that's really the the end of the process like i i feel great i i feel that we have a great product but it's just getting funded and once we get funded then i'll feel even better and i you won't be able to talk to me for a year i'll have such a big head if we get funded but everything everything's going great and i, I really appreciate everyone who supported us i appreciate you having me on and, and all this stuff and i, I just feel amazing now, with the funding that's going on, you have Indiegogo uh, account. Could you talk about uh, what people can do? How can they fund it? And what are the perks of funding this project? Okay, okay perfect. I'm glad you asked this because I brought props for this. Okay, so 
we have four tiers, and I'm only going to talk about two of them because everything is explained on Indiegogo, and I don't want to bore your audience. But the two tiers I want to talk about are the $5 tier, which we call the undercard, and the $100 tier, which we call the main event. So the undercard tier is $5, and for $5, you get the first issue of Cage Fighters from the Rock. We're one of the only Indiegogo Kickstarter-type campaigns that whoever donates to our campaign gets the first issue. Absolutely. You don't have to do anything for it. You just put your money down and we give it to you. So that's our $5 tier. Just give us $5, we give you the first issue, and that'll be that. And it, it's a good deal because it's just a taste test. If you don't like it, you never have to come back. If you like it, it'll be in stores in September or July or whenever it will be. Issue number two comes out. So that's a great deal. And it's 28 pages of full-color comic book story. The traditional comic book is 22 pages for three ninety-nine in U.S. dollars. So we're giving you, yes, it costs a little bit more, but we're giving you more bang for your buck. So that's our $5 tier. Now, our $100 tier is one that I really love because not only do you get the first issue of Cage Fighters from the Rock, you get all 12 issues. We're giving all of them to you. And I'm going to tell you why we're doing that in a second. So we're giving you all 12 issues. Then we're going to put your name in the acknowledgement section. There'll be an acknowledgement section in the back of the book, and we're going to put your name. We can do whatever you want, nicknames, all that good stuff. We can give you a nickname if you want. We can do whatever you want. We're going to put your name in the back of the book. Then, and what makes this tier so high up is we're going to actually draw you in to the comic book as a character. $100 gets you in as a character in the comic book, actually you in the book, no questions asked, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter what language you speak, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what country you're from, you give us $100, you're in the book as a character, no questions asked. That's a great deal. You're probably saying, well, I could be an extra in a movie and they would pay me. Why should I give you $100? Well, there's a lot of problems with that because let's say that you're from Korea and they're filming a movie in L.A., you might be a great actor, John. You know, I don't know. I mean, you're doing pretty good acting like you like me. But uh, they're not going to fly you from Korea to L.A. They're just not going to do that. You might be amazing, but they're not going to do that. But then there's another problem. Let's say, okay, you're, you are local. You are in L.A., but they're casting women that are 45 years old. Sorry, you don't fit in the demo. We're not going to put you in. Then let's say, okay, you check off all the boxes. You're local, you're the right look, you're the right age, everything's fine, but you might get cut out of the movie. So all you have is the little paycheck that you get and the experience, nothing more. Okay, let's say all that happens. You're in the movie, you're the right age, all that stuff, but we might see a scene of yours, the only scene that you're in in the movie, that we have to watch on 0.1 slow-mo to see a blurry frame of you. Comic books is beautiful because it's a still photo. Once we put you in, you're in forever. You can just stare at that for an hour. No one's going to bother you. You control the pace. So that's why this tier is $100. We're putting you in as a character in the book. No questions asked. 100 bucks gets you in. And another thing that I'm really proud of about this tier is we're also going to do a lot of giveaways. We have a lot of swag that we're giving away at this uh, tier. And what gets you in, you know, in, involved in the game is you give us the $100, so you're going to be a character in the story. Give us $100, get 10 of your friends to donate at any level. So you can get 10 friends just to donate $5, and you're entered to win our swag. And 
Also get them to share us on social media. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Share that and it enters you to win stuff like this. This is a first generation. This is a first generation Strike Force glove. So these are the gloves that Strike Force used way before they were bought by Zupa, way before all that. Rich Chow, who's the matchmaker for Bellator now, he was the matchmaker during the time they had these gloves. He was the matchmaker at Strike Force. And Strike Force, I, I interviewed a lot of their guys during that time. And as a thank you for my birthday, he gave me these gloves. And he gave me this as a thank you for interviewing all those fighters. But I wanted to start an MMA glove collection, but that didn't happen. So now I'm going to be giving this away to a lucky fan. You can get this glove, if you donate $100 to our Indiegogo campaign, get 10 of your friends to donate at any level and share us on social media and you're automatically entered to win this glove. But wait, there's more. I also have this glove. He gave me two rights. So he gave me he gave me the red one and he gave me the blue one. I'm assuming he gave the lefts to another media member, but he gave me both of these gloves and they mean a lot to me, but this project means even more to me. So if you donate on Indiegogo, I will give you these gloves that if, if we don't make it on Indiegogo, if we don't get funded, I'll have to sell these gloves to pay the, the debts I owe to my artists. So why not? We, we both benefit on the deal. I get to fund my project and you get these amazing gloves. We, we, we've divided them up. So uh, one person will get to walk away with the blue glove, one will walk away with the red glove. And we also have other stuff. We have a UFC encyclopedia. We have uh, UFC programs. We have comic book related stuff that, that maybe someone who's donating to our campaign isn't an MMA fan. We'll give that away. And we're also going to do uh, a side B to that giveaway. We're also going to do whoever just shares and gets their most friends to back our project. I'll let them pick their prize. So how we're going to do it is just at random but if you let's say that you donate a hundred dollars to our campaign and you get a hundred of your friends, I will email you and say, do you want the Strike Force glove? Do you want like a Batman action figure? Do you want T-shirts? Like, what do you want? So that gets you in the game. A hundred dollars, get ten of your friends, and you could walk away with one of those gloves. So I'm very proud of that because I'm very proud of, of this project and. I, I tried to start an MMA glove collection from all these promotions in the world, but obviously Rich Chow is one in a million, and he's the only nice guy in the game who would give me those gloves. So I, the, the glove collection never worked out, but this project, it means a lot to me. So I would rather just give it away to someone who you know, got, got in, involved in our project than sell them online. And what's beautiful about these gloves is they're unsigned. So they're probably in a hundred dollar retail value. So you just got your money back. And if you go and get them signed, it's a beautiful thing. You find Daniel Cormier at a fan fest or one of those things, get him to sign it. And you got $250 easy. So everyone wins on this deal. And I just uh, want everyone to be a part of it. So donate to our Indiegogo campaign. And you're not only going to be a character in the story, but you're also going to be walking away with an amazing prize. And every single person who backs us at that $100 level will get a prize. It'll be at random. One day, you'll just be sitting at home and the mail will appear and you'll have a comic book copy of Cage Fighters from the Rock issue number one and possibly one of these gloves. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that, that glove 
is a collector's item because Strike oh, yeah. Force is not, you know, it's That's it's gone. You know, you can't buy those. Uh, no, no, you can't buy these anywhere. These are the real McCoy, Rich Chow, the matchmaker for Strike Force at the time. Now with Bellator, he gave these gloves to me for for a birthday present. And you can't get these anywhere. And these are the first generation ones. They had other ones. They had a big S that said S M M A on them. They had those. And then when Zufa bought them, they changed the style. They weren't Fairtex anymore. They were Century. I think that's what the UFC glove is made out of. And and they weren't this dark blue. They were a light blue color. They they weren't like this anymore. So these are ultra rare, beyond rare. You're never gonna find these ever again. They they don't make them anymore. Strike Force doesn't exist anymore. You're never going to find any of them, and you're never going to find any unsigned. You're never going to find any unsigned. It would it would really damage the value if we got – and, I, I mean, I love some of these guys that I'm going to be mentioning because how I got these gloves is through interviewing them, so I owe them everything. But if this was signed by Joe Riggs, that decreases the value. And nothing against Joe Riggs. I love the guy, but it would decrease the value. If this was signed by – Jay Haran, and I love Jay Haran. He's a great guy, but it would decrease the value. Now these are unsigned. You get Luke Rockhold, Daniel Cormier, Tyron Woodley, somebody. You go to a fan fest, get them to sign this. You you tripled your money, and you get to be in a comic book. You can't beat this deal. Yeah, definitely. Um, you Also, piggybacking off what you said is if you do donate $100 and you are put into the comic book, your comic book can maybe eventually become a movie. And then if it does become a movie or a series, maybe you could become an extra as yourself. Right. And that's also what we're offering. If we put you in the comic book and we get option, because I own the IP to this story. We're not controlled by Marvel or DC, Warner Brothers, Disney. We're not controlled by any of them. We're controlled by Mike Radich, Really Random Entertainment. That's who owns this story. So if you donate to this campaign on Indiegogo and we get made into a movie, TV series or Netflix show, whatever, we will have your back. You had our back back when we had nothing. Now that we're somebody, we will put you in. Everyone's going to get something out of this and we're just going to keep it flowing. So if you're in the book, you're guaranteed a slot in a movie or TVs. That's also something that we put into place. So we've got everything. We, we're giving you every issue of Cage Fires and the Rock. We're giving you chances to win great prizes like these gloves. We're giving you the opportunity to be a part of something that no one's seen before. No one's doing an MMA story like this. No one's doing a comic book the way we're doing it. And you can be a character in the story. It's a great deal because we're offering this to 300 people. We've already had one person claim it. So 299 people at $100, that's what we're offering. And everyone will be used. Some people will be used multiple times depending on who you're playing. Some people will have dialogue in the story depending on who you're playing. So that's why we did the $100 gets you all 12 issues because we can't have you paying for issue 9 and 11. We can't have you do that. We're just going to give you the issues you're in. So we'll just give you all 12 of them. It's no big deal. So we're doing that. And what's great about this is that you're going to be a character in this book. Like, no questions asked for putting you in this book. Somebody wanted $4,500 for this, and he was only offering it to one person. He wanted $4,500 U.S. dollars. We're doing it at $100. 
So we're giving you way more value than they were going to give you, and you have the opportunity to win prizes, and depending if you play your cards right, you could get your money back. Possibly you could be making money off us. If you get Daniel Cormier to sign it right now, you flip it on eBay for two fifty. You just made one hundred and fifty bucks off us, so everyone wins. Yeah, um, with the growth of MMA right now and the climate of entertainment and mm -hmm. online uh, video services like Netflix, this mm -hmm. could have you could have huge opportunities in the future, man. Because if you once you finish the twelve issues, that's basically a script. Right, right, and that's what movie studios and Netflix and these TV networks are doing. They're going to comic books and all this stuff because they want pre-sold properties. They want stuff that people have heard of. We can't actually, well, there's multiple reasons why we actually can't make this into a movie. Number one is this is written gigantic. This is an $180 movie if it, or $180 million movie if it was made into a movie. Luckily with comics, whatever you see, you can draw. So we don't have to work within that. So this is a massive, big-budget movie. So that's one reason they would not give us uh, funding for this. The second reason is, is that I have to be at the controls because I'm the guy who, who dreamt this up, and I'm the guy who's going to add the MMA stuff. The stuff that I've seen throughout my life as an MMA fan, I've put into this story. You can't just be a guy who showed up five minutes ago, hey, you're a great screenwriter, you wrote this Academy Award winner, take on this MMA project. You can't Google the stuff that I've seen. You just can't because I've been a fan since I was 10 years old. And all I wanted to do was be in the comics business and be in the MMA business. And luckily, I'm bringing them both together. So th that's another reason. It's control. Control is another reason why we can't make this into a movie right now. But once we put it out into the universe and they see it on paper and people respond to it and like it, they're going to go, well, we have to play ball with this guy. and We have to do it his way because people have already seen it through his eyes. They've already seen it the way he wants it. So we can't change characters. We can't change settings. We can't change sports or anything like that. Once we get out to the universe, that's exactly what you're saying. You, you said it beautifully. It could develop into something. And that's why it's because they want those pre-sold properties that people know and loved as whatever they came before, whether it was a video game or comic book, Atomic Blonde that came out with uh, Shailiz Theron, who uh, they promoted heavily on uh, UFC pay-per-view. That's what happened with Atomic Blonde. That started as a comic book, and we can go on and on, but that's where all this stuff is coming from. The source material in comics is so rich, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the next thing that people have already loved at one point in time. Me, personally, I'm not really a big comic book fan. I've never been sure. really a big comic book fan or superheroes. or I'm not really sure. into those movies, but... I love MMA, sure. and anything that's MMA, I'll watch. And the prospect of this comic book series, 12 issues coming out, maybe as a 12-episode miniseries type thing, right. I'm excited, man. Like, I want to watch it already. Like, uh, you know, right. I, I'll definitely check out the comic book, but if it becomes something like that, where you could just watch it on Netflix all the way through, and right. it would be huge. I think it's, it has a lot of... Um, upside. You have a lot of upside. You are coming in at the right moment because it seems like MMA is blowing up around the world now, not just in North America. You got Europe, you got Asia. And uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about the growth of MMA right now? 
I think it's fantastic, not just because we love the sport, but it's fantastic because this really is a global sport. And this is a sport that because it's a fighting sport, it appeals to everyone. Dana White always says it. Fighting is in our DNA. We all get it. We all understand it. And we all love it. And that's 100 percent true. And we've seen by all these MMA shows popping up around the globe and people responding to it and falling in love with it. It's just a beautiful thing. And, and that was my dream so many years ago is to see this sport be the biggest sport in the world and overtake soccer or football, depending on what part of the world you're from, where you call it the difference. But that's what I wanted to see. And women's MMA blowing up is another thing I wanted to see because I was watching women's fighting way before anyone even knew what it was. Erin Tohill was one of the best female fighters in the world, and that was at a time where no one was watching female fighting. That was at a time where they were doing, you know, Strike Force did Elena Maxwell versus Gina Carano, and that was a big deal. And then later it was Gina Carano versus Julie Kedzie, and that was a huge deal. But I had been watching female fighting way before that. And what was funny about Elite XC is they did the three three minute rounds in Elite XC for the women. But I'd seen a ton of women's fights where they fought five minute rounds. That was some Gary Shaw creation because he's like, oh, well, no, they want to see Gina Carano, but they don't want to see a lot of her. So we'll just do a nine minute fight instead of a 15 minute fight, which was a complete farce. And that's probably Degrading, why. Actually. Yeah, it, it made no sense. But to answer your question, it's just fantastic how this sport has come so far in such a short amount of time and how it's been embraced by other countries outside of the United States, like football. Uh, American football, the NFL, is huge in America, but you start roaming around parts of Europe, they're like, "What? What? What is this? Football? We never, we've never heard of that. We've heard of soccer, you know, that's our version of football, but we've never heard of that. But fighting is universal, and this sport is so fun. The personalities, the technique, all that stuff mixed together, and everyone just responds to it, regardless of where the fighters are from, with the exception of Brazil, who only really loves their own." Everyone just loves everyone as long as they're a good fighter and a good entertainer, which is great. Yeah, me, the only other sport that I watch is American football because <clears throat> they have so many similarities. I, to be honest with you, American football has more similarities to mixed martial arts than any other sport, I believe, uh, you know, right. other than, you know, kickboxing or any sure, you know, sure. those types of martial arts. So. Uh, I love I love American football. I grew up in the states, so you know when you grow up there and you played football, you know going to school, it's like it becomes part of you. And just like, but martial arts is different. I think martial arts, like you said, Dana White said, it's in our DNA. It's right. it's just like you're born with it because of your ancestors. They they were fighting yeah. a long time ago before you even thought of. So, right. Hey, uh, thank you for your time, man. It was great talking about this uh, twelve issue. Uh, full color that's important full color comic book series cage fighters from the rock uh can you let me know or let the people that are listening know where they can find you where they can follow you where they can follow cage fighters from the rock okay so there's three ways to follow myself and cage fighters from the rock the first way is follow me on twitter at mike underscore Radich. So M-I-K-E, the little line, Radich, R-A-D-I-C-H. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at that same name. So Mike underscore Radich on Twitter and on Instagram. 
then Facebook.com. That's where you can follow Cage Fighters from the Rock on Facebook. So those are the three ways to follow me. And then we can also go to the Indiegogo page, and that's where you can back our project. You can find that on any of my social media. So Cage Fighters Comic, it's pinned at the top on our Facebook page. My Twitter, it's pinned at the top. You can click on that and go right to the Indiegogo. And then in my bio, there's a link on my Instagram to the Indiegogo campaign. And that's where you can find us on social media, and that's where you can follow me. And if you back us on Indiegogo, one of these gloves could be yours. Keep that in mind. And you'll be a character in the story, $100. But let's say you don't have $100. There's the $5 tier. So everyone and anyone is welcome. Uh, $5, $15, $100, whatever you have. And if you're interested in our project, just back us on Indiegogo. But if you want to win the gloves, $100, bring 10 friends to back us at any level, share it on social media, and we'll get it going. Because John's been talking about a potential movie, but that movie will never happen unless we get the Indiegogo campaign going and get funded and get our project off the ground. So donate to our campaign on Indiegogo. We got great prizes, great perks. And we got we have a great product. You know, that that's the bottom line. The story that we're making, perfect blend, action, adventure, and MMA. Doesn't matter if you hate comic books, never read a comic book before, don't like comics, stopped reading 20 years ago. Doesn't matter about the the medium, it just matters about the inside. And what's on the inside is an action adventure story with some MMA. So back us on Indiegogo at the various levels and if you do, we'll be your best friend forever. <laughs> yeah, um, all of that stuff that you just mentioned, I'll put it in the descriptions and uh, have links, you know, you know, embedded there so that it's easy for them to kind of get to where they need to go if they if they are interested in donating and uh, investing, basically investing in this project. You know, like that's what I look at it as is once you put some money into it, you're investing in not just the project, but also the growth of MMA. Right, right. And that's another one of our goals. We want to, A, bring comic book fans over to MMA. We want them to become MMA fans because we're telling a story that is the perfect blend of comic book adventure with MMA, but we also want MMA fans to become comic books so we can all make the world go round and help everyone by putting this, and you said it beautifully, it's an investment because... The difference between a donation and backing our project is with a donation, you don't really get anything and you might not know where the money is going. When you back our project on Indiegogo, it's going to appear at your doorstep in August and you'll know that it went to something once you see the product in your hand. So you know what we're doing with the money and what we're doing with the money is creating this amazing story that if you're a fan of MMA or a fan of comic books or a fan of action movies or a fan of seeing something you haven't seen before, this is the place to be. All right, Mike, thank you for your time. And, uh, I appreciate your contribution to the sport and, and I'm excited for you and, uh, to everybody that's listening, go and check it out, man. And, uh, get yourself some swag, you know, invest in the project. Right here, right here. I got my props. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred dollars and they're yours. Bring a hundred friends and we'll let you pick one of these. We also have a UFC encyclopedia. We have uh, T-shirts. We have all kinds of great stuff. So back us 
on Indiegogo and you could win one of those prizes. And John, thank you, you know, very much for having me on your show. I'm a big fan of your work. I, I've watched a ton of your interviews and, and I uh, really enjoyed talking to you this evening and it was a very fun time. And I really hope that everyone who's out there watching this interview backs us on Indiegogo. So thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. No doubt.